Call of Duty is joining the Alphabet Mob's cancel culture crusade, and honestly one of the craziest stories I've seen in a minute. We're going to break it all down, but first, welcome back to Damage Control, a podcast where we are reclaiming the LGBT community from the insane leftists who have taken it over. I'm Brad Palumbo. Welcome back. Settle in. If you're new here, subscribe, like, comment, yada, yada, yada. I'm flying solo today because I'm recording this in advance of heading out to DC for a few days for some work business, uh, but let me know in the comments who you'd like to see me have as a guest next and which of the guests that I have had has been your favorite so far. I've been so grateful to see how many of you have enjoyed this show. Over 100,000 people have watched it on YouTube already in just, I think, five episodes, and it's been a big hit so far. So. Without further ado, let's get into this crazy Call of Duty story and oh so much more from more Pride Month insanity to a couple Republicans who need to calm down. All right, so apparently not even video games, you know, the one pastime a lot of people have to escape the insane world that we live in. Apparently not even video games are safe from the insane culture war and the online outrage mobs and cancel culture and all that because one very popular video game streamer named Nick Merckx, he's now facing widespread backlash, denunciation in the media, and he was even deleted from the official Call of Duty's uh, in-game merchandise store, all because of some pretty innocent-sounding remarks that he made on Twitter. Here's the background on the story that you need to know. It all basically started when there was this controversy where violence erupted between activists on opposing sides of a controversy over a Glendale, California school board and its decision to embrace Pride Month celebrations. Another big gaming personality named Puckett commented on this news on Twitter and said, Americans are in a sad place right now. Let people love who they love and live your own life. Now, Nick Merckx, the streamer who is all in all this trouble, he replied to Puckett's tweet and said, quote, they should leave little children alone. That's the real issue. Now, as a gay person myself, I don't hear that statement, leave children alone, and get offended, because I also think children should be left alone. But apparently people thought this was some sort of homophobic or bigoted remark. Nick Marks was pilloried and savagely covered in the video game industry media. Here are just a few headlines that show just how egregiously this was covered. Call of Duty removes Nick Merckx's skin following streamer's anti-LGBTQ tweet, Polygon. Call of Duty removes streamer's skin after homophobic comments, The Verge. Call of Duty removes Nick Merckx's DLC over anti-LGBTQ tweet, GameSpot. So as those headlines suggest, the uh, company that owns Call of Duty, Activision Blizzard, responded to Nick Merckx's apparently controversial statement by removing his skins, which for the non-gamers out there is like in-game merchandise that you can buy that presumably he gets some of the profits from because players buy it with real money. Uh, Call of Duty removed him and in a tweet there from their official account, they said, Due to recent events, we have removed the Nick Merckx Operator Bundle from the Modern Warfare 2 and Warzone store. We are focused on celebrating pride with our employees and our community. Now, just as a quick side note, I will point out that Activision Blizzard is not really that committed to celebrating pride because they've literally censored pride flags from appearing in the Middle Eastern versions of their games. So you can take that corporate virtue signaling about as seriously as it deserves. 
Anyway, if you're scratching your head and you're wondering what about Nick Merck's tweet was so offensive or homophobic, I can't say I blame you because I was doing the same thing. But as it turns out, critics basically are misunderstanding his point. They seem to think that he was suggesting something along the lines of this old homophobic and baseless trope that gay people are out to get your kids or are more likely to hurt kids. And that is, of course, not true. But it's also not what he was intending to say at all. By leave kids alone, Nick Merckx was referring to the increasing prevalence of this push to educate kids about sexual orientation in schools and have pride in schools and other things like that. In a stream discussing the controversy, Nick Merckx even explained that this was his issue. It wasn't about hate or animus towards anyone. He just thinks parents, and he's a parent himself, should be the ones to talk to kids about these things. Take a listen to what he had to say. I didn't like what I was seeing, man. Okay, it, it, I, I, saw, I saw parents bra brawling in front of a school with kids. I'm sure a lot of you guys can understand how that, that video would piss some people off. It pissed me off. Okay. Uh, now, I mean, full full transparency. You know, I like how I put this. I gotta be very, very careful here. I don't want to piss anybody off. I'm making a lot of people mad. Most of my intention. I mean, listen, you, we, my wife and I just had a baby, brand, brand new father. We we seeing these kinds of videos. It's 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 sad. But her and I agree that we we want to be the ones to talk to our kid about things like that. I'm trying to keep it really simple, just so we don't have to get too crazy about it. Because there's nothing to get crazy about. It's just it really is that simple. I think I just have a, like a bigger perspective on this now being a parent than I, than I did maybe two months ago. You know, the video bothered me, right? I just don't think it's any place for a teacher or a school. I don't think it's the place to speak about things like that. And it's not that I think that it shouldn't be spoken about. If that's what you got from that tweet, then you're just wrong. I don't have any quarrel with anybody in here. I don't have any... Now, Nick Marks further spoke to his audience with a tweet that said, Friends are created in good times, but families are built through adversity. Appreciate all of you that have my back, understand my position as a new father, and recognize the love I have for all. Ain't no hate in this heart. Now look, one can agree or disagree with his stance on this issue. That's perfectly fine. But as a gay man myself, I can assure you there's nothing inherently homophobic or bigoted or hateful about what he's had to say here. That he faced such widespread denunciation and even professional consequences for a pretty innocent tweet, to me it just shows how out of control this culture war and our cancel culture really is. America is a big and diverse country full of people with very different beliefs and lifestyles. We have to be able to tolerate good faith differences in opinion and live side by side without trying to destroy or cancel people who violate one of our own, you know, deeply held beliefs. A society without this basic element of tolerance and acceptance for different views is inherently doomed to fracture into a million different pieces. And I don't think that's something that any American, gay or straight, liberal or conservative, should want to see. So my take on this whole Nick Merckx controversy is that not only did he basically do nothing wrong, but that the entire saga just shows how intolerant the LGBT activists, which to be clear, do not represent all or even most LGBT people, have become for different opinions. And it's a shame because you don't win people over by trying to crush them into submission. In fact, that often makes people double down in their beliefs. We can encourage tolerance and acceptance by having open conversations and trying to understand people who are different from us and show them that we're actually not as different as they might think. But if we take this kind of toxic, zero-sum, crush people who won't submit approach, I think we'll only engender even more backlash, and that's kind of what we're living through right now, unfortunately. 
What do you guys think of this one? Did Nick Merckx put his foot in his mouth or are these critics just out of their mind? I want to know. Let me know your thoughts in the comments. And now for a bit of levity, I want to transition and just take a look at this uh, clip from Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada. I will never apologize for standing up for an LGDP, uh, LGT, LBT, LGBTQ2 plus uh, <laughs> kids' rights. It's hilarious to me. This is a recent clip of him because even he can't keep up with the ever-changing acronym and all the fake crap they're adding on to the end of it. Listen, bro, I don't even blame you for this one because I'm gay and I can't keep up anymore either. But unfortunately, the more crap they tack on to the end of this acronym that actually has nothing to do with being gay or even being genuinely degender dysphoric and transgender, the more they discredit us by adding silly things that have nothing to do with sexuality like two-spirit uh, or sapiosexual or uh, demi-queer whatever, the more they undercut our legitimacy and acceptance. So it's funny, but I also actually do take serious issue with this. Speaking of funny things that I actually nonetheless take pretty serious issue with, check out this depressingly popular TikTok where uh, one user explains how to use, quote, Lorax pronouns. Today I'm going to show you how to use Lore and Lorax pronouns in sentences. Lore has a strong sense of self and is confident in Lorax self and Lore's abilities. Lorax is proud of Lore's self and all of the accomplishments Lorax has achieved, and Lore is not afraid to show it. And I know you might be thinking, whoa, this person right here, super crazy. No, I just like to validate other people and make people feel comfortable with being themselves. And don't forget that Neo pronoun users are people. So why would someone want to use Lore Lorax pronouns? Well, maybe the Lorax, which is a character from a Dr. Seuss book, is that person's comfort character. Because the Lorax is very compassionate and has a lot of love that they want to give. And let's not forget that pronouns are honestly just words, and every word is just made up. So there's no harm in trying to help someone feel validated and feel comfortable. As long as the validation is not something that's harmful to other people, it's not something that's killing other other people, it's not something that's destroying other people's lives. I could not be more proud of people for staying curious about themselves. Because so, yikes. A couple of thoughts on this, uh, but one for folks that don't know, the Lorax is a fictional creature from a Dr. Seuss book. I actually liked that book a lot when I was a kid. Um, but let me just say this. You know, the, the argument that's made that, oh, well, it, it will make f people feel better, so you should just go along with it. There's got to be a limit to that somewhere. There's got to be a point where actually affirming somebody's delusions is harmful to them and you should not go along with it. I do use the pronouns for genuinely gender dysphoric, transgender people, adults who've transitioned. I will happily call them she or her or he or him, uh, but I'm not going to start calling people Lorax, a fictional creature from Dr. Seuss. And I, frankly, I find the suggestion that that is something we should seriously consider doing almost offensive to the degree that it's being conflated with actual LGBT identity and our legitimacy and the things we can't change about ourselves. You're conflating that with, honestly, what seems like a mental illness. And I'm saying that not in a mean way, not in a judgy way, but in a way that like, I don't want to make fun of this person for this. Uh, or for people who try to use these kinds of pronouns. But to me, it, it, it more so just shows that they're, they're childlike. They're almost stunted in their development. That a fictional creature 
is how they think they need to express themselves. And I want to know what's gone so wrong that they're so uncomfortable with themselves, that they're trying to escape, that they're so uncomfortable with their actual biological sex, or that they're trying to rewrite language in new ways to seek attention. Are they not getting enough attention at home? Are there unaddressed problems? And that's what I, how I feel when I see a lot of this neo-pronoun stuff on TikTok, which is neo-pronoun is what the woke people call all the like not the inanimate objects or, or different random pronouns, I constantly feel like these are a cry for help. This is you making a statement that you need attention and that you need people to help you or validate you in some way. And so I don't want to come across mocking these people because that would be easy to do, but I, I think they're hurting. I think something's wrong. And so I'm not going to validate and or participate in this and i'm also not going to let them conflate it with our legitimate identity characteristics but i i think we should have a little bit of compassion for these people because when you're a grown-ass adult and you're asking people to call you lorax pronouns fictional dr seuss characters clearly all is not well i'll just i'll just say that all all is not well sticking on the pronoun theme i want to show you guys this bizarre and disturbing statement from Lambda Legal, a once serious LGBT rights legal foundation and activist organization. Well, in honor of Pride Month, of course, they recently tweeted, quote, pronouns aren't preferred, they're required. Using someone's correct pronouns is a simple act of kindness that can make a huge difference. Pronouns are a crucial part of someone's identity, and no one should have to explain why their pronouns matter and should be respected. Okay, first of all, it's depressing that I even have to explain this to a legal organization, but pronouns are not required. They are not mandatory. You cannot compel the speech of others. It's called the First Amendment. It's called free speech. We have it in this country and we're not giving it up. Your feelings don't circumvent other people's right to be free from compelled speech. They never have and they never will. And I actually think this is counterproductive if your goal is to get people to use uh, other people's pro preferred pronouns because people, especially Americans, they don't like to do things that they're told they have to do. If you ask people to do stuff, they'll consider it. But if you tell them, you're no, you must do this, oftentimes they'll dig their heels in and they'll get stubborn. So this is not a smart approach. I also think there's an inherent kind of condescension in this take, in this stance. Pronouns are a crucial part and no one should have to explain why their pronouns matter and should be respected. Actually, no. LGBT people are adults, right? They, they just like anyone else, should be asked to explain themselves and defend the, their beliefs and the things they're advocating for. No, people shouldn't just have to assume they're correct or defer to their wishes any more than we do with anyone else, which, newsflash, we don't do. And again, like the Lorax pronouns, I don't think using pronouns always is an act of kindness. I think if they're absurd enough, it could be an act of cruelty to enable some kinds of delusions or of, um, you know, mental ailment. And I think we need to have discernment about when to use them and when to not. And that's our right as Americans. And no, simply no. Side note, we talked about the human rights campaign last week and now Lambda Legal. And it's just depressing to see all these organizations that once upon a time did really great work defending gay rights, achieving equality for gay people, just turn into complete laughing stocks and jokes. All right, now I want to turn back to Pride Month. And for folks that remember, we covered the, the debate over kink at Pride last week because there was a, a pretty disturbing simulated sex display at a West Hollywood Pride parade. 
that of course including it got my videos demonetized but yet they did it in front of kids at a pride parade so demonetized because it's not appropriate for youtube or facebook but perfectly fine for children in public on a government approved event they described as family friendly make that one make sense folks but anyway with this whole debate coming up some folks on tiktok have decided to defend kink at pride in front of kids take a listen to this i want to clarify this for a second here i'm not saying that kink isn't kid friendly i'm saying that kids and kink can coexist at pride in a totally fine way. There's a nuance nope. here that making an event kid friendly doesn't mean sanitizing it, AKA taking something like kink out of pride. Making pride kid friendly is not the same thing as sanitizing pride. Making a pride event kid friendly, or I, I prefer kid safe, is about making sure we're including and putting kid and youth voices and including them in pride and particularly any justice spaces. Kids and youth voices are vital to justice movements because they are a vulnerable and marginalized group on their own, which includes their intersecting identities and oppressions. So I'm not saying that kink isn't appropriate for kids. I'm saying they can and should coexist with each other. Demented. 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 There is no other word for that. On behalf of all normal LGBT people, and let me assure you, almost none of us would agree with that. Let me just say, that person does not represent us. That person is deranged. That is a creepy, creepy position to take. Kink and fetish stuff is, again, I don't care what adults do behind closed doors in their own lives, knock yourself out. But to say that that's appropriate for kids is disgusting, is obviously wrong. It involves sex and sex acts and simulated sex acts. Obviously, that should not be done in front of children. And I object to this so deeply because there's this long and false stereotype that LGBT people are more likely to hurt kids in inappropriate ways. And that is not true statistically. That is simply not true. But folks like this, who genuinely are advocating to expose kids to harm in the name of the LGBT community are reaffirming that stereotype and that bigoted view, even though they don't actually represent us because most of us are sane and want nothing to do with that nonsense. I mean, look, I'll just show you guys another example of this. You've got, uh, for audio listeners, extremely scantily clad, almost bare, basically naked men in pup gear uh, walking around uh, during the Pride Parade, and then there's literally children walking by and seeing this. Take a look. Seriously, these almost naked men have their asses hanging out in front of little children. This has nothing to do with LGBT pride. Your kinks and your fetishes, that's extracurricular. Straight people do that stuff too. It has nothing to do with sexual orientation or gender identity. It doesn't belong at pride and it does not belong in front of kids. That's creepy. It's inappropriate. Shame on you. What is wrong with these people? On behalf of all normal LGBTs out there, and there, this is most of us, we want nothing to do with this. There's nothing about our identities that needs to involve pushing inappropriate things towards children. These people are extremists. They are outliers and they do not speak for us. They do not represent us. We denounce them. We want nothing to do with that creepy behavior.
All right, now I want to turn my attention a little bit and talk about some Republicans who need to calm down. Because once again, y'all know I don't play. I don't just punch in one direction. I, I call both sides out when they are uh, going too far on this nonsense. Up first, we've got Nikki Haley, who honestly, I, I generally like enough. I think she's fine. But on this one take, she just went a little too far with this. Take a listen. We want to start with biological boys playing in girls' sports. That's one thing. The fact that we have gender pronoun classes in the military now. I mean, all of these things that are pushing what a small minority want on the majority of Americans, it's too much. It's too much. I mean, the idea that we have biological boys playing in girls' sports, it is the women's issue of our time. My daughter ran track in high school. I don't even know how I would have that conversation with her. How are we supposed to get our girls used to the fact that biological boys are in their locker rooms? And then we wonder why a third of our teenage girls seriously contemplated suicide last year? So this is a great example of what happens when you have a really good argument and then right at the end you take it too far and you ruin it. So Nikki Haley is absolutely right that it is unfair to have biological males, so people who are born biologically male, compete in women's sports, that it takes opportunities away from girls, that it ruins the fairness of the competition. And she's absolutely right to say there's some concerns about locker rooms and shared spaces and different autonomy, uh, different anatomy and genitalia and how to handle all of that. And I do absolutely think the mainstream progressive orthodox position on that is not up to scratch, is is failing our girls and, and just everyone more generally. But Nikki Haley loses the plot. She absolutely loses the plot when she goes and says that that is why we have high rates of suicidal ideation among teenage girls. It's simply not why. First, the number of actual girls in America, teenage girls, who have had a transgender athlete in their team or in their locker room is vanishingly small. These are actually, you know, they're hot button culture war issues. They make the news, but they're incredibly rare because there, there really aren't very many transgender people. Even with the uptick in youth, it's still pretty rare. So the vast, 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 vast majority of teenage girls who are experiencing mental health issues over the last few years don't have a transgender person intimately involved in their life in any way that's unfair to them or harming them. And even in the, the rare cases where it is happening, it's not, I don't think having an unfairness in, in your sports is going to push you over the edge into uh, extreme mental health territory. I think that's a pretty alarmist claim without much basis in reality. What I really hate about this is that it ignores the many real things that are harming our young people and causing their mental health issues. Like, for example, the fact that the government uh, ignored the actual science to close their schools even for over a virus that was essentially no risk to most healthy young people. Uh, and destroyed their social lives, took away their friends, caused massive mental health issues, uh, farther fueled social media addiction, and, and so much more that's hurting young people. You're distracting from those real issues when you uh, say that actually what's causing the mental health issues is a few transgender people competing unfairly in sports somewhere. It's just, it's not the case. It's out of touch with reality. And unfortunately, Nikki Haley took what is some very popular mainstream arguments and positions and then just tacked on this extreme nonsense at the end that kind of ruined it and made her go viral for all the wrong reasons. So I'm hoping this was like a verbal slip. She got her talking points confused. She didn't actually mean to suggest that that's what's driving the mental health crisis among our youth. Um, but I could be wrong. I don't know. 
I just hope she learns from that and kind of clarifies that argument because the way she just put it out in that CNN interview is a, is a whole lot of yikes. New Republican boycott just dropped. Woke corporation Cracker Barrel? That's right. Some Twitter Republicans are all up in arms because Cracker Barrel, like every other corporation in the world, did a small minor pride display. So here we've got Cracker Barrel. I believe this is from their Facebook page. They, they show a, a long line of their rocking chairs that they have outside their restaurants. And one of them is painted rainbow colors. One of maybe, I don't know, nine or 10 I can see here. And the caption is, we are excited to celebrate Pride Month with our employees and guests. Everyone is always welcome at our table. Happy Pride. Wow. What a radical statement. They're really just going all in on the leftist agenda with that one. Bruh. But of course, some boomer Republicans had to get all worked up about this. Here's one actress. Cracker Barrel has no idea who their customer base is. They've gone crackers, that's for sure. Wow, hilarious. You should be a comedian. What is the government up to that's making all these companies give the middle finger to their customers? Oh my God, she's misspelled that twice in two sentences. Customers. CB, this buds for you. Go woke, go broke. I don't see how saying everyone is welcome at our table is giving a middle finger to anyone. There are absolutely examples of corporations going too far, pushing extreme political stuff, or really going overboard on the rainbow virtue signaling, but this is actually pretty laid back. It's pretty chill. It's not that big a deal. And gay, lesbian, trans people do work at and eat at Cracker Barrel, so if they want them to feel welcome, why is that such a bad thing exactly? But it wasn't just Twitter randos that got mad about this. It was literally sitting U.S. Republican congressmen. Congressman Ronnie Jackson from Texas tweeted in all caps because, of course, um, Bye bye, Cracker Barrel. I will never eat there again. Aren't you guys just so glad that our elected officials have their finger on the pulse of what's, what's keeping Americans up at night? That they're hardworking and fighting to address the issues that are hurting American families in the most intimate of ways right now, like Cracker Barrel having one rainbow painted rocker. You gotta be freaking kidding me, Ronnie. Get a grip, touch grass. Y'all Republicans are not helping yourselves when you overreact in these hysterical and absurd ways. You're just making yourself look like the caricatures that Democrats want to paint you out to be. Oh, you're all bigots. Oh, you're all just intolerant rubes. Well, that's not true, but when dummies like you go out on a limb like this and give these kind of tone-deaf overreaction statements, you feed into that narrative because it is giving that. It is giving that look right now, Ronnie. We've literally got crushing inflation, a massive national debt, a proxy war in Ukraine with a nuclear power, and yet you're up in arms on your Twitter account as a sitting-ass member of Congress triggered over Cracker Barrel. Your priorities might need a little bit of an adjustment. And more broadly, Republicans need to calm down. They really, I've been seeing a lot of this lately. They're going so overboard on the anti-pride backlash. And it's a shame because when you're triggered anytime you see a rainbow anywhere, you, you undercut your actual outrage over legitimately bad things that are going on in the name of these activists and these communities and the truly over-the-top displays uh, of uh, during Pride Month that are doing harmful and bad things if you're just literally anti any rain rainbow acknowledgement of pride anywhere ever touch grass calm down log off twitter turn off caps lock 
and touch grass, okay? You'll be all right, Ronnie. You will recover. Also, I love me some Cracker Barrel because uh, pancakes are one of my favorite foods, so I will not be boycotting them anytime soon. I don't care how woke they get. What do you think of a Cracker Barrel? Let me know in the comments. Will you be boycotting their woke rainbow one uh, little rocking chair? Or are you just going to keep eating there and be a normal person? I'm, I want to hear your thoughts. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm getting it all wrong. Let me know. Also, definitely let me know who else you want to see on my show as a guest. Uh, and with that, thanks so much for joining me to do some damage control this week. If you're new here, be sure to subscribe. Hit that like button, comment, yada, yada, yada join the community on YouTube. It's really growing really fast. And if you're listening on audio, make sure you take a minute, whatever platform you're on and just rate and review the show. So more people can find it. That would be a huge help. And with that, I'll see you all next time.